Estás escuchando un mensaje de parte de Vida City Church Houston. Para más información de nuestra iglesia, visita nuestra página de web en vidacch.org. Y ahora con ustedes, el mensaje. You are listening to a message from Vida City Church Houston. For more information about our church, visit our website at vidacch.org. And now with you, today's message. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Follow me in the translation or the version reading out of different translations. And it says, we are simply God's servants. We are simply God's servants. Each one of us does the work which the Lord gave him to do. I think that's pretty clear, huh? We're all God's servants. And all of us are doing what God gave us to do. I'm in 1 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6. I read out of the English uh, version. And it says, I planted the seed. Apollos watered the plant. But it was God who made the plant grow. You may be seated in the presence of God. Thursday, I spoke about this. And I felt from the Lord that as we start these, this new chapter, this new page of Vida City Church, uh, that it would be important for us to review why we are here on earth, why we are here. First Corinthians, what we just read is we are simply God's servants. And it goes on to say that each one of us does the work which the Lord gave him to do. My question to you is, do you know what God has called you to do? The Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, the living Bible, it says, it is God himself who has made us what we are, And given us new lives from Christ Jesus. And long ages ago, he planned that we should spend these lives in helping others. Before we were even born, before you were even created, God had already had a plan. And that plan was for us to help others. The Bible says in John 1, uh, 17.4, the message, it reads this way. I glorified you on earth by completing down to the last detail what you assigned me to do. Even Jesus had an assignment. Even Jesus had a specific task. And he is saying, I finished what you've asked me to do. I'm ready. He went to the cross, ascended to heaven, and he fulfilled his assignment. So are you fulfilling your assignment today? How many years have you lived so far here on earth and have you been fulfilling the God-given assignment that he has given you? We were all put here on earth to contribute to something. We were not put here or created just to consume the resources or uh, just to eat or, or just to take up space or just to breathe. God designed us so that we can make a difference in somebody else's life. God designed us so that we could help somebody else as well come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And in order to do that, he deposited in all of us abilities. He deposited in all of us uh, talents. He deposited in all of us not only abilities and talents, but he gave us gifts, special gifts, that when you develop these talents and abilities and gifts, you develop them, they form and they define your ministry and your calling here on earth. So it could be that we're not developing the gifts, the talents, and 
the, the, the uh, uh, abilities, talents, and gifts that God has given us. And so therefore, we don't know where we're supposed to be placed or what I'm supposed to be doing with the life that God has granted me. Listen, God has called us with these abilities, with these talents and gifts that he gave you that define your ministry. He gave you this to serve others and to help others. Four quick things that you've got to understand. The first one is that God created us. He created you for one specific thing, to serve God. God created you to serve God. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, God has made us what we are in Christ Jesus. God made us to do good works. And it goes on to say, which God planned in advance for us to live our lives doing these good works. The good works are your service to God. He created you to serve God. He created you to do those good works that he placed in you. And when it says he planned it in advance, it's saying that he, he ordered it. He prepared it before you and I were even created. When he says that we would go and live our lives doing what he called us to do, he is saying, I've given you an assignment. Before you were even born, before you were even uh, created in your mother's womb, I already have archives of what you are supposed to do. I have already written in heaven the accomplishments that I want to do through you. I have already written your purpose out when you were being formed. I already had a plan for you. God created us for us to be doing what he called us to do. The Bible says in Colossians 3, 23 and 24, in all the work you're doing, work the best you can. Work as if you were doing it for the Lord, not for people. Remember that you will receive a reward from the Lord, which he promised to his people. You are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Says the gifts that I gave you, I created you and deposited these gifts in you, these abilities, these talents, so that you could serve me. If you want to do it as if you were serving the people, people will criticize you. People will not be grateful. People can, can discourage you. But when you're doing it unto God, then you do it freely and you do it joyfully because you understand that God created you and gave you these gifts even before you were born. As a matter of fact, Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I made you in your mother's womb, I chose you. Before you were born, I set you apart for a special work. You're not here by accident. You're not here just because it just so happened. You're here because God set you aside for a special work. My question is, are you doing that special work? That's why Ephesians 1.4 says, That is, in Christ he chose us before the world was made so that we would be his holy people, people without blame before him. We were placed, we were created, and you were put where you are with a special assignment from God. And my question is, are you fulfilling that assignment for which you were created for? God creates you with a special assignment. Then Adam and Eve sinned. And so now, not only does God create us, but now God has to come through Jesus Christ and save us. And what is the whole purpose of saving us? There are many reasons. The top two I could give you was to free us 
deliver us from the wrath of God. And the second one is to serve God. God never deviates from his initial plan created you and me to serve him. And after the fall of man, God has to send his son Jesus Christ to die for us. And he saves us for the same purpose that was derailed by sin. He saves us to serve him. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.9, he has saved us. He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to works, but according to his own purpose. You see, he saved us so that we could fulfill the call that's on our lives. We're not saved by works, but we are saved for his work. We're not saved by what we do. We're saved by what he did, and we're saved so that we could do his work. And in God's kingdom, you have a place. In God's kingdom, you have a purpose. In God's kingdom, you have a role. In God's kingdom, you have a function to fulfill that, that, that he gives us great significance when he saved us, and he gives us value. Why? Because it cost Jesus his life. To save us so that we could serve him. That's why you have that assessment form in your hand to pray about and say, God, lead me and guide me. I don't want to continue the rest of my life from this point on not fulfilling my God-given assignment. The Bible says that you were bought with a price. It was a great price. It cost the life of Jesus so that he could die for us. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, knowing that you have been redeemed. That you have been saved, not by corruptible things as silver and gold, but by the precious blood of a lamb without blemish and without spot, the blood of Christ. You were bought by Christ giving his life for you and for me. All for the same purpose, to deliver us from the wrath of God, but steer us back into I created you so that you could serve me. Now I've got to redeem you and save you so that you could serve me. I want you to know that our service to God should not be out of fear. Our service to God should not be out of guilt. Our service to God should not be out of obligation. But we ought to serve God with joy and deep appreciation for what he did at Calvary for you and for me. That he saved us, transformed us, wrote our name in the Lamb's book of life. And that we can be free and saved from our sins. I want you to know that we owe him our lives. We owe Jesus our lives. And thanks to that salvation that was purchased, that was bought, and that was made available to us, because of that salvation, our past has been forgiven. You ought to thank God for that because we all have a terrible past. Not only is our past forgiven, but our present right now, now has meaning. And you ought to thank God that your present has meaning. And thank God that because of that salvation, not only is our past forgiven and our present now has meaning, but our future is now secure in Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible says in Romans 12.1, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because, he says, for what he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that will, he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. That word worship translates to this is truly the way to serve him. This is truly the way to minister with the gifts he's given you. That's our worship to God. 
How do you worship God? It's not just by raising your hands. It's not just by coming to church. It's by using the gifts that God gave you, the talents and the abilities that he bestowed in you for the honor and glory of God. And you serve God when you use those gifts serving other people. Listen, once you've been saved, God's only intention after you've been saved is to use you. And he has a ministry and he has a place in your local church. That's why you have that spiritual gift assessment. To say, God, I don't want to continue wasting my time. I want to know what you've designed me to do, and I want to do it for the rest of the years that you give me. God not only created us to serve him, and then he had to come back and save us to serve him. But after he saved us, he called us to serve him. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.9, he has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose. My question to you would be, what do you believe God has called you to do? What do you believe God has called you to do? My second question would be, are you doing it? Are you fulfilling God's purpose with what he called you, with what he gifted you with? My third question would be, how much time, how much time are you giving God to serve him with that gift that he gave you by serving others? When you see the musicians up here, that's their gift and they're serving God by serving you and using their talents to lead worship. When you see the singers, they're using their gift that they have to serve God by serving you and as well as leading you into worship. When you come into the parking area and you see those parking people guiding you in, that's the gift that they felt, maybe the gifts of helps. And they're using it to serve God by serving you. When you come in those doors and you see the ushers or the greeters, they may not feel that they have something musical or, or uh, ability to sing, but they have the helps, the ministry of helps, and says we can open the door and we can smile and we can greet people and we can, they are fulfilling their gift that God has given them and serving God with it. My question is, are you serving God with your gift, your talent, and your ability? The Bible tells us that we will give account to God. You know, in China, every time there's a person that is saved, they'll tell him, they'll tell them, listen, God now has two pair of eyes to see. God now has two pair of ears to listen. God now has two pair of hands to work. And God now has a new heart to feel and to serve. That should be the attitude that we should have. God, you saved me. You created me to serve you. You had to come and save me to serve you. Now you're calling me to serve you. Here are my eyes. You have two set of eyes new here at Vida City Church to see. You have two new ears here at Vida City Church to hear. You have two set of hands here at Vida City Church to serve. Listen, 
That is one of the important reasons why you should get involved in so that you could use your gift and in a practical way you can fulfill the calling that's on your life to serve others. You are important in the body of Christ. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Just like you have a body, but it's made up of a lot of members. Fingers and arms and legs and toes and ears and nose and eyes. Uh, you, you're, you're a body but with different members of it. What happens when one of those members of your body becomes ill or no longer is functioning? You know, I've been trying to recover from a, a, a knee sprain for about a couple months now. And I've noticed that, you know, I'm limping. I'm better now, you know, thank God. But, but at the beginning, I'm limping. And, and the body is suffering. I got pain. Now this leg has to carry more weight than normal because all the weight is coming on this side. Then I begin to find out that my back is starting to hurt. Why? Because I'm walking sideways and my back is now being strained. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Whenever one member of the body begins to or, or starts to not function and not fulfill its obligation and its calling and its service, the rest of the body begins to hurt. The rest of the body begins to feel the effects. The rest of the body and the, the, the problem with that is, is that we can become sick. We can become anemic and this is the bride of Christ my goodness would we allow the bride of Christ to be a sick bride an anemic bride that is sick because we the body members are not fulfilling our responsibilities what would happen if your lung were to say oh I'm tired of breathing in and out what would happen if your kidneys were saying you know I'm tired of purifying everything that goes in I'm, I'm, I'm taking a total break of it what would happen if your liver said, you know what, guys, I'm calling it quits. What would happen to your body? It would get sick and almost could be that eventually it would die. We are the body of Christ. And each one of us are a particular member that has a function, that has an assignment, a specific one. The eye cannot hear, the ear cannot see. There's a specific function for that. Each one of us have a specific function. And if we're not fulfilling that specific function, we could be crippling the church, the bride of Jesus Christ. Think about that. We're the bride of Jesus. And if I'm not fulfilling my function. I could be harming the bride of Jesus, which is all of us, which he gave his life for. We were called to fulfill this task, but I thank God that we're not going to be like the Hundreds of churches that are dying because their believers and their uh, members refuse to serve. They choose to stay as spectators while the body suffers. But thank God that here today, that is not going to happen at Vida City Church. Can I hear an amen on that? Because we refuse to allow this church, Vida City Church, to be a sick and anemic church. It will thrive. It will grow. It will flourish. Why? Because we have people that said, I understand. 
understand what I was created for. I understand what I was saved for. I understand what I was called for. And that is to serve God by serving God's people. I close with this. Come on, musicians. I got seven minutes. God doesn't only cre- didn't only create us from the very beginning to serve us. And then had to come and save us so that we could not only be delivered from God's wrath, but steer us back to the original purpose, to serve him. And then after he saves us, he calls us to serve him. But then he commands us. It's an order. It's a mandate. It's not an option. It's not really if you want to. It's a mandate from God. The Bible tells us that we should have the same attitude that Jesus had. The Bible says in Matthew 20, 28, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life in ransom for many. Again, that's why that assessment sheet that you have in your hand is so important. So that you could say from this point on, I want to know what God has called me to do. I want to be able to obey the commands of God, which says that I should have the same attitude that Christ did, that he did not come to be served, but to serve. But to serve. The Bible says, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 and 7, Paul reiterates the following. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. What? You want me to go down there? What? You want me to be a human? What? You want me to go die for them? What? You want me to go serve them? Hey, wait, 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 hold on a second here. I'm God. Remember? Hello? Father? Son? I'm God. What do you mean I'm going to go down and serve these filthy people? What do you mean I got to go down and die for what they've messed up? Paul says, he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. I'll come down and serve. I'll let go. I know I'm God and I know this is my place in heaven. But I'm willing to leave all that to serve your creation. To bring them back to God. The Bible says that one day we will have to give an account to God. Romans chapter 14 verse 12. So then each of us will give an account for ourselves to God. Our excuses not be valid before God. God said, I gave you that ability. I gave you that talent. I gave you that knowledge. I made that scholarship work for you to get that business degree. I made all of this possible for you so that in return you could use your gift to serve me as well. What excuse are you giving for not to get involved and serve? What, what part of this message maybe did you not understand? Do you really think that your excuse to God for not serving and using your gifts, abilities, and talents, do you really believe that it's going to be valid before God? Abraham was old. 
Joseph was abused. Moses, he stuttered and was a murderer. Noemi, Naomi was a widow. That wasn't an excuse. John the Baptist was so eccentric. His father dressed in priestly clothing, a priest, and John the Baptist with camel hair, eating locusts out in the wilderness. And that was the one that God used to pave the way for Christ. Peter was very impulsive. The Samaritan woman had so many failures in her marriage. Living an adulterous life even with the seventh. And yet Jesus came and she became the best evangelist for Samaria. I'm going to go tell them that I have met. The prophet has told me everything. Even Thomas, who was a disciple, had his doubts. Timothy was timid. Always nervous. Having stomach aches all the time. Yet God used him. God could use you. God could use me. If we only place before him our gifts, our talents, our abilities that will define our ministry as we develop. Would you stand to your feet real quick? I've got three minutes.